everyone, my name is Marie Nicole. Welcome to Encouragement Notes. I hope that you would join me on this journey of discovering what God wants from your life as I pass on the lessons that I've learned in church and the lessons that I've learned in this life that God has given me. Please join me on this journey every week and I look forward to getting to know you. I hope all is going well and are having a beautiful blessed day today. Welcome to week number two of our sermon series called Asking for a Friend. I am a little bit late on this message, but it is still the week two of life groups or the week one of life groups. So it's message two that we will be dealing with today. And As you guys know, we are in a sermon series called Asking for a Friend, and this week's question is, how can God allow evil and suffering? So the the first verse that I want to read to you guys comes from 1 Corinthians 13, and it's verse 12, and I, I fully wrote all of the notes and all of the verses in my notebook. So like I said, the first verse comes from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. And it says, actually, you know what? I did not write it. Um, so that is the first verse you will be looking up. Um, but what we know about evil and suffering is the first heading that I want to address. And what we know about evil and suffering is five things. So number one, God is not the author of evil. And the first verse that illustrates this, that I actually have written in my notes, comes from the book of Genesis. So the first book of the Bible Chapter 1, verse 31, and it says, God looked over all he, had do- all he had made and saw that it was very good. So God made this world with good intentions. He knew that he wanted it to be good and his creation from the outset was good. The second verse that goes along in this message or that goes along to illustrate what we call the fall of man in this message is the book of Romans, is in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 12, and it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Adam was the first person ever created. And Adam was intended to be in community with God at all times. His wife, Eve, and Adam were intended to be 
in 100% lockstep with God. And that relationship was supposed to be a thing of beauty. But Adam made his decision to sin. And so from Adam's sin, which is called the original sin, death was brought into this world. Because sin needs consequences. So point number two on this message is though suffering isn't good, God uses it to accomplish to accomplish good. We may be going through some terrible, terrible stuff, or we have known may we have may known somebody who has gone through terrible things such as cancer, such as surgery, such as a loss of a job, whatever the case may be. But God tends to use our times of sorrow to bring us closer to him and to accomplish the plan in us that he wants to accomplish. And so 2 Corinthians verse 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 says God sometimes uses sorrow in our lives and that is what I just said. God sometimes uses sorrow in our lives to help us turn away from sin and seek eternal life. So think about this world without suffering and without sin, would we really need God? God would always be there. He's our creator. He's our father of those who accept him as father and he loves each and every one of us. But would we actually need God? I would venture to say that if we were without sin or without any trouble, we would have the audacity to think that we were all that and then we that we could handle this life on our own. And so this verse that I just read illustrates that sometimes hard things need to come into our lives in order for us to say, I can't do that. I can't do it anymore. I surrender. I need your help, God. And I have known my share of people who have had that fall to your knees moment in life. And it is not fun, but the outcome of it is miraculous. There is no other word for it that I could use besides miraculous because the person that comes out on the other side is so much more different than the person that went into the trial. So continuing on with the verses, the verse, um, another verse that illustrates this point, point number two, comes from the book of Romans chapter five, verse three. And it says, we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance 
Perseverance Character and Character Hope. So, I'm going to be a teacher for a minute. When I was in my last year of college, I had an internship at the elementary school that I actually attended as a child. And I was in the exact class, not not with the exact teacher, but I was in the exact class room that I was in as a kid. And I remember in this particular week, we were studying, or the children were studying, what it means to be perseverant. Perseverance means that you push through something, even though it's hard, you don't give up. And so, what does perseverance do? Perseverance builds character. And when you have character, your character, because you have character, that builds your hope. When you have no perseverance, you have no character. So therefore, you think everything in life is hopeless. So we need to push through hard things with God. To build character, to say, he's got this. He and I can work on it as a team. He's got this. He's got me. And so we can do this. I am hopeful for his best for me. And so point number three on this message says, we know that suffering will cease and evil will be judged. Someday when Christ comes again, Suffering will cease and evil will be judged. Okay, so that leads me to the next verse. And to the next point is that people might know about the second coming, that Jesus says he will come again someday to get all of his people that believe in him and judge the earth accordingly. And sometimes people say, well, if there's so much bad and evil in, the, in this world and so much sickness and a pandemic, why hasn't he come yet? And so the answer to that is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, and it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you and with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And I want you guys to think about, if you believe in Christ, have you ever gone to bed at night thinking about the people in your life that don't know Christ yet? that haven't accepted him as their Lord and Savior. I hope that you, that is one of the last things that you think about when you go to bed at night. Because those people need our prayers more than anyone else in this world. Because those people 
are living a life of being on a path without God. And when you're on a path without God, then you innately, whether you feel like it or not, have no hope. And so the next verse that I want to read, uh, the next point that I want to read to you comes from, um, the next point that I want to read to you is that our suffering will pale in comparison to what God has in store for us. And so the verse that illustrates this, one of the verses that illustrates this, comes from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. And it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an, eternity, an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So, to illustrate this point, when our pastor read this verse, he said, think of your first day of 2020, and think of it as if you had a horrible day, like Alexander and the no good, very bad, horrible day. And so, I actually did have a day like that, the first day of 2020. I had a horrible migraine. And I was asleep until our company got here at 2 o'clock. And then I came into my room again to lay down again because my pain continued to be horrible. But that doesn't mean my whole year has been horrible. It hasn't been a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day since the first day of 2020. It has been a roller coaster, but it has been a beautiful roller coaster that I hope will never stop. And so I want you guys to think about that. Whatever, excuse me, whatever we are going through right now, everything, every trouble that we are going through right now, will pale in comparison to what God has for us in heaven. And so the next verse that I want to that I want to read to you comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 18, and it says, "I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us." So, that means two things, or to me, that means two things. One, that means God is using us to reach people for him through the troubles that we go through. Two, that means that every, anything we think is bad here on earth is just a second compared to the time that we will end up spending in heaven. We will spend an eternity in heaven. And so we should not put a lot of weight to our troubles here on earth 
if we know that we're going to have it so spectacular and so miraculous in heaven in God's presence forever. Page turn. Hold on. So point number five is that we have a choice. We can either live for we can either live to be bitter or to be better. So to illustrate this point, you guys, I want to tell you a story of a friend of mine. My friend Denise Guerra um, passed away, I believe it was last year, or maybe it was two years ago, um, but she had cancer that started as endometriosis, and then it progressed to getting worse. Um, and she was diagnosed with cancer. And also, um, she had, she had been back and forth in remission and not, but Denise's attitude, her countenance through life was one that I think that we should all be wanting to have it was so sunny and so beautiful she was never ever in a bad mood not even when she was in her greatest pain um and i think that is something she is someone that i can look up to or that i have looked up to in order to give myself an attitude check. So many people say, especially if you grew up in the 90s and you are a Christian of that era, that era you grew up with the you grew up with the bracelets that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? But I kind of want to make one that says WWDT, what would Denise do? And Denise would smile through everything because she knew who her father was and she knew that these troubles, these cancer troubles that she was going through were so minute and momentary compared to her relationship, her ongoing eternal relationship with Christ. So we have a choice. We can either be bitter in our situations or we can allow it to make us better. We can allow it to have an effect on us that puts things in eternal perspective and lets us know that we we have something greater to look forward to. And I also wanted to kind of use an illustration that a friend of mine from last night used. And she used the illustration of a garden. So as Christians, we are told to be joyful always. And it's not that 
it's not saying that we should be joyful in the fact that we are going through the most horrific pain. But it is kind of saying that because we should spend time with Jesus in order to cultivate and grow that joy day by day. Because if we don't grow it, we don't take time to grow it, it's not going to be there when we need it. So we need to focus on growing our joy. So the first memory verse that I want to read to you guys, I'm at the memory verse section of this message now. And the first memory verse that I want to read to you guys comes from the book of John. And it's chapter 16, verse 33. And it's Jesus talking. It says, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles. Or some... Some translations of the Bible say, in this world, you will have tribulations. But take courage, I have overcome the world. And again, that is John 16, verse 33. And the last memory verse, the last verse on my notes, says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. So that is the message for today. I hope that I didn't skip anything. But if I did, I want you to know that everything that is in my notebook will be on my blog. And you could go pick up those notes when I am done with them. And I will announce when I am done with them. But the last thing I want to leave you with is an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is say, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I, I believe and I understand that you died to save me from my, from my sins, past, present, and future. I ask you to come into my heart and I ask you to... Be the ruler of my life and the ruler of my heart from this day forward. I don't want to live without you anymore. And I pray that you would be with me always. In Jesus' name, amen. And I guarantee you, if you prayed that prayer or something like it, he has heard you and he will come into your heart and change your life forever and take you on an adventure that is so amazing it's not going to be easy but it's going to be worth it because you'll never be alone in this life again i'll talk to you guys later have a beautiful blessed day and like i said if i missed anything within this spoken message i will definitely put it in my sermon notes on my website so be looking out for that and i will get that to you soon have a beautiful blessed day God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks again so much for listening. Feel free to leave me a true and honest review on your favorite podcast player. Or you can also message me via my website. I have 
the audio set up where you can leave me a voice message. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, before you go, I wanted to give you an opportunity to follow me on social media. My Instagram is Marie Nicole Zimmer Peeps 13. That is M A R I E N I C O L E Z I M M E R P E E P S 1 3. My Facebook is Encouragement Notes, but you can find me by searching Zimmer Peeps 13. And my Twitter is Encouragement W2. And you can also find everything that is on the podcast and all of my social media links at encouragementwithmarinicole.com. I will talk to you later. Feel free to connect with me and ask me any questions you would like. See you soon. Bye-bye.